Welcome to episode eight of Platform. Today, we're going to be speaking to John Fromm. As many of you know, John Fromm rode for Razors for many years. He was on Valo first and then, yeah, joined the Razors AM team just in time to film a section for Children of the Future. Since then, he's been AM for several years and turned pro in, I think it was around 2017. But earlier this year, he announced that he was quitting the Razors pro team, which was quite a surprise because, like I said, he has been loyal to the brand for many years. Since that time, a few people wondered what was going to happen to him, if he was going to join another brand, who he was going to skate for, what skates he was going to ride. And a few months ago, he got picked up by Adapt, and he's now on their pro team. He also got a pro frame from 5050. I've been speaking to John Fromm on and off over the past couple of years, and I know that he hasn't always been happy at Razors and hasn't felt fully supported him. But when I spoke to him at Winter Clash, even though he'd paid for his own flights and accommodation and everything to get over there to represent the boot company, he was still pretty much positive about his situation there and he was still willing to make it work. He's not really the type of person to speak negatively about a company that he rides for or slag them off in any way. In fact, even since he's left Razors, he's been generally quite positive about the whole experience. So I just wanted to speak to him about what went wrong with Razors, why he decided to leave in the end and what prompted that and what he's been doing with himself since, talk about his new frame from 5050 and what his plans for the future are. So before we get into that, cue the music. How are we this morning? I can't I'm believe good, how man. punctual you are. This is this is the, the mark oh, of a true professional. I said 10 a.m. and at 10 you're like, I'm ready. Let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> this is every day for me because I, I have to get up every day for meetings. So right, uh, okay. kind of normal. So not not an issue. <laughs> I, I feel kind of bad getting you up early on a Saturday. Saturday's supposed to be the supposed to be the lion day. No, nah, this is like me and my girlfriend are usually up, so it's not not a big deal okay yeah how's everything with you i'm good it's it's saturday yeah. night here technically so after we've done this it's beer and pizza night so i'm i'm incredibly excited nice so if we could how's just wrap this out up there really quick and you know you, you can you have to give really short answers so that we can just get out here and this can be done yeah pressure's on man you get 15 <laughs> minutes right um oh the ah, weather is horrendous yeah. here we've not been able to, we tried to street skate on wednesday and it hadn't rained that day but it rained the day before and it was so cold that the ground was just like slippy, soggy mess. So we tried like four spots and even an undercover spot and then just gave up. We, I think we don't, the whole time. We don't I think the whole time that I'm in California. That's true. But I think the whole time when I was in Scotland for like the week or two weeks I was there, I think I went outside one day. Uh, I think. I don't know. When but I remember. Do you know, like unit 23 is kind of like a hole. I don't know yes. if you, so like when you live there or when you stay there, there's no windows except above you. And like, that was really like screwing with me. Like I wouldn't wake up some days to like four in the afternoon. Like it was, 
really bad, man. It's, it's like being a, in a bunker, yeah. It's, yeah. it's like being in one yeah. of those like insane people's uh, end of the world bunkers, yeah. Plus, you've got no reason to go outside. Everything you need is in unit. They've got a kitchen. They've got That's true. essentially two skate parks because they've got the two halls, and then you can party there. So you've you've got everything you need. I'm there. That was that was a lot of fun. <laughs> um, did you guys not go hiking when you were there? No. Quinny usually takes people up into the hills. The weather might have been no, terrible. we didn't. I think Carson like scaled a wall or climbed. You know what I mean? He does like that rock climbing stuff. Okay. I think he went out and like did some rock climbing stuff on his own. Um, but I don't. I didn't. The only time I left was we did like a trip for the campers, and we went to like a bunch of like random skate parks like around right. Glasgow. Um, that's the only time I remember like leaving the skate park. We, so. we went, we talked, we went out drinking one night. We went to a bar one night. Yeah. Like really late at night though. I think. Yeah. That well, I mean, maybe, maybe it wasn't that late. Maybe I just thought it was that late. I think it was pretty late. I'm pretty sure we were there till like two or three. Yeah. I, I just remember like we would all get in that van, that unit van and, and Quinny would drive us and I'm like, really like i'm putting my hands in quinny <laughs> oh so i'm pretty sure he just got his license then because oh that makes me feel so much better now he used to do this really annoying thing where we'd go to sessions and if i was filming someone and i wasn't paying attention he'd like take my car keys and go and start the car at the car park and like just move it just a little bit just to freak me out because he didn't have his license and i was like i don't like you're i don't find that funny you're you're scaring the shit out of me um so yeah <laughs> That was that was one of these little. It might have been Quinny, or it might have been one of the BMXers. I don't really remember, but it was fun. All the less, I, I had a great time there. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's been an eventful year for you. This is the second time we're speaking this year. I'm quite, I'm excited, John. Yeah. Uh, Although I'm more was the sober first, this time. I'm more. Was the I, first time Winter Clash? Yeah. Well, apart yeah. from our little text flirting that we do over the right, you know, <laughs> yeah, occasionally, um, crazy. Winter yeah, Clash yeah. seems like so far away now. Like it I, does. it's insane, man. That's the last time we've all like ever, all of us have pretty much traveled internationally. I'm pretty sure most of us, I'd say, blading wise. Wow. Yeah, that. Yeah, it's crazy to think that. Yeah, so bizarre. But getting to that. Since that time, pretty much everything has changed for you. So, got a, got a pro frame with your name on it. Uh huh. The From Pro frame. Uh, got another pro wheel. I think that was announced just before Winter Clash or just after. Can't remember. For Red Eye. I maybe both. I don't know. We around we kind of leaked some stuff like around Winter Clash, but then like it really came out after because it was supposed to come with. Well, it did come with the. They did like a pro frame bundle with 50 50 but yeah like i think it was like a little bit after clash right and then you jumped ship which i was like i'm quite i'm not gonna lie i was quite shocked by it because when we were at winter clash and we were talking about this and i was actively encouraging you to quit razors then i was like you need like because you basically said you'd paid to fly out there on your own. You'd paid for your own accommodation, paid for entry into the event. And I was like, what is the point in having a sponsor if you're like paying for all this yourself? And I'm pretty sure you said they were going to give you money back for your entry fee maybe or something. No, actually what happened was 
uh, Red Eye wound up covering like my board. And actually I did get free entry from them because Red Eye had a booth. So you get like a couple riders, you know, for having a booth. So that was luckily taken care of. And uh, luckily Red Eyes ran by my good friend Buck. So, you know, he's always kind of has my back. So he he helped me out. But yeah, other, other than that, that's I paid for everything else. So razors, yeah, there. razors didn't cover anything. I remember we were at the bar yeah. and you were still being pretty positive about it, being like, oh yeah, you know, I'm going to try and make it work. And I was just like, you're paying all this money to market a company that are not not supporting you. But you were still being like, you were still being like, oh yeah, I'm going to stick it out. I'm going to, I'm going to stay with them. So what changed? Let's see. It's funny. I mean, like, I'm not saying that I was like fronting you when I was in winter at winter clash, like, believe me, my like opinions and my issues with razors were still going on at that time. Um, but as like someone who's sponsored by them, I would not show that because, you know, I'm not there to complain and be upset. You know, I'm, I'm there to support rollerblading and help in any way I can. And, you know, it's actually funny because I was talking to Buck about this the other day and you were kind of the beginning of where thoughts were changing because we kind of developed like a little joke at winter clash and it was so, you know, razors, announced Derek skate, which was super sick. Like, you know, I'm really hyped that he got a skate, you know, it was, they didn't, they hadn't done like a real new us pro in a long time. Um, so they announced that and it seemed like, you know, it started out like one or two people were coming up to me and going, Oh, like, are you the next like pro skate? You know, like, and I'm just like, ah, no, you know, nothing's really planned. And it started to get to like five and then 10 people. And then it's at one point, like we were at the booth and Buck got like another guy talking to him and he just calls out to me. Like I'm like maybe 10 feet away from him. And he goes, I got 15, John. Like, and so like, I think by the end of the night, by the time we had talked to you, it was up to like 25 people who were like asking that same question that I was getting the next pro skate from Razor. <laughs> and it was like this big inside joke we had. And then saying yeah, that, that made you and it was making you cry. It was it was becoming a little bit, yeah, I guess, yeah. Um, but yeah, so like that was somewhat the beginning. Um, to really like understand it, you have to kind of like understand how Razors kind of has been treating their riders the last like five years, I'd say. Um, and you know, I, I know you've had like other riders on your show and I know you've talked to a lot of people, especially like Quinny and stuff. So I know, you know, a lot of things inside. Um, but it's just, I feel like one of the things that Razors has always been good at is kind of keeping us confused, <laughs> like the riders. And that was kind of becoming very apparent for me, especially after winter clash. Like I, had no idea where I stood. I just felt like I was just a, you know, a flow rider basically. Um, even though they'd, you know, given me pro status and they'd been flying me to places, you know, um, I just didn't know what was going on and it was kind of frustrating. Um, and then a month after 
um, Winter Clash, we had Pow Wow. And that was like, basically Pow Wow was like, when it ended, we went into quarantine, like a day after. So that was the last like hurrah, basically, for a, a rollerblading event of the year. And, and we had to keep it in secret. We weren't allowed to like post on social media. But, you know, again, I flew myself down there. Um, Red Eye covered and 5050 covered pretty much everything for me, which was really cool. And we had like a cool Airbnb. It was all like the Red Eye team and everything. And about two weeks before I like gashed my shin at the skate park, like bad gash, like 10 stitches. Um, I didn't think I was going to even be able to skate. And uh, so, you know, went out there, skated, did what I could with a banged up shin. And like, I wound up making the finals and I was like, that's cool. You know, I'm like, I'm excited because I actually skated decently and like, you know, I'm not really hundred percent. And I was just like sitting on top of the, the, like the deck at, at the skate park Kona. And I'm just looking down and I'm going, man, like, why am I still skating these skates? Like they don't care about me at all. Like I have a, I have nine stitches in my shin. Like they, they probably won't even post a clip of me from this event. And sure enough, like nothing was ever posted or even like a, Hey, you know, thanks for killing it out there. Even like with your injury and stuff like that. Like I didn't even get a thank you. So those little things that I'm in, I'm maybe I'm kind of outrageous to expect that, but I felt like, you know, if I'm going to go out there and represent your company and put in all this money, like at least I should get a thank you. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't I, think it's, I don't think it's asking too much to <laughs> repost clips or even just say, Hey, you did well out there, you know, this weekend, because that's, it's it, as the company that you represent, it's their job to keep you motivated. Like they don't, they don't have to kiss your ass all the time, but you know, if you're out representing their products and promoting their products, the least they can do is be like, Oh, Hey, good job. Because in your real job, that's what your boss does. You do a good job. They congratulate you on it. Yeah. And, and so I, you know, I, after that, I was just super conflicted and I didn't really like know what to do. I'd, I'd been having issues for years. I mean, like the past year and a half, like I wasn't getting any love on social media. I think Stefan touched on this in his podcast and me and him had been texting pretty regularly um, about it and we were upset and frustrated, but Stefan was just done. He like left and, you know, and, you know, more power to him. You know, he stood up for himself. I, on the other hand, decided to just let them kind of go with it for another year or two years. I was like, eh, you know, I appreciate everything they gave me. And, and right enough, like, I mean, I was appreciative, like the fact that like, they're still giving me all this stuff and helping me in, you know, some ways I, I was appreciative, but it gets to a point where like, you're doing all this promotion, you're doing all this work and I'm putting out sections every year. And like, I'm literally not even, it didn't seem like I was valued. And every time I would talk to any of the guys on the team, they all more or less felt the same. Like they just, not so much that they were, weren't valued, but they were confused. They had no idea like what was going on. And I think some of them were just like, grateful they were still getting skates and you know that that was definitely a feeling i had but 
this level of confusion was just getting like super frustrating. And so actually, you know, I'm kind of going really, I'm really off with my timelines right now, but before winter clash, I actually had a meeting with Andy um, to just discuss like a lot of things like the team, like Instagram, you know, all this kind of stuff. And we sat down and the first thing we discussed was like, Andy was like upset because um, Rafael, Con- I can't, I'm so bad at his name, but he's so Con- amazing. Concaves. I'm probably pronouncing it wrong and I do apologize, Rafael. Um, but he had just left Razors. Um, I guess they were doing some mini tour with him and Victor Dom down in South America. And, you know, I guess Andy helped him with the flights, but Rafael wanted, you know, some help with food or something, some, something not too crazy, but Andy couldn't help. And, um, Rafael was pissed and, and, you know, Andy was like, everybody just expects too much. And so I was like, all right, I guess that. Kinda, you expect food. <laughs> yeah. I, I, again, I don't know the terms of their deal and all that yeah. stuff, but, um, yeah, I was like, okay, that's kind of, it's already like a weird situation now. Now I like what I want to discuss with you is already kind of on a bad note. Um, so we, we talked about the team and we talked about like what we're going to do in the future. And like, he really didn't have like real answers for me. Um, he like was raving about how good the Instagram was. And I was just like sitting there going, uh, I completely disagree. Like everyone says like, we need to do better with our marketing and the way we like, you know, go about, you know, getting products out. Like, I think some people can attest to this, but like the shift two, um, that was a pretty poor display of like a new product. We didn't really have a promo. We didn't really do anything for that skate. Yeah. I don't, and, I, I don't remember anything coming out. I remember it just appearing in shops one day. Yeah. And so I offered that skate dropped two winter clashes ago, um, from the, the one we were both just at. And I, at the time I said to him, Hey, like, let's, let's do something. Let's film something at winter clash. And I just kept getting in like clashes with him and Jeff about who was going to be in it. Like it kept just being like, Oh, add this person. Oh, don't add that person or this person. And then it just got to a point where like, okay, I'm not even going to bother with this. This is like way too complex. Like, you know, I'm doing this, you know, out of my own heart just to kind of get something. And it, it just didn't really come to fruition. And yeah, we had no promotion for that skate. And I, I felt like that was kind of, not the best way to do things and that skate did not sell well i mean i think they still have ship twos in stock i'm not really sure because i haven't been around razors in seven months but that skate did not sell like they anticipated and um that's a really it's really unfortunate because that was their marquee skate and uh, so that that we me and andy talked about that and he was like you know he just thought it was like based on because of the fact that the SL was so cheap now that the SL would sell was selling better. And I said, that could definitely be a part of it. But I also just think like people prefer the SL. It's the, the skate you've created. It's the skate that you've, you know, tested and tried and everyone likes it. Um, so, you know, that's why I think it, you know, moved better than the, the shift, but we just couldn't see eye to eye on that. And then, at the end of the conversation, I just flat out just asked, I was like, hey, like, you know, I've been riding for you for 10 years. You know, what 
do you want to see from me or what do I have to do to get a pro skate? You know, I, that's like one of my goals, you know, I want to achieve this, you know, you know, so tell me what, you know, you want me to do. And his first like response was, well, John, you're not Aragon or Shima. And I'm like, wow. Yeah. Thank you for noticing that. I'm, I'm, a, I'm aware yeah. of that too. hundred <laughs> percent. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely not either of them. And he just kind of like, he went on to basically, he was trying to come up with things as to why I couldn't be deserving of one. And he immediately went towards like the contest. He's like, you've never won like a winter clash or a, you know, a blading cup. And I'm like, Derek hasn't either. I think he just got like second or something. Oh, so I mean, not since, that it matters, but yeah. Since when does winning competitions equate to skate sales and popularity? Like, like most skaters that have pro skates tend to not even compete. It was a very strange conversation. And I was like, okay. And then he kind of pointed out like towards something about like me not being unique enough. So you know, Hey, that's, that's a valid, you know, those, those are your opinions and, you know, you run the company, but he wouldn't quantify or like, just say like, Hey, if you do more of this, we could definitely talk about, you know, something in the future. He wouldn't even go there. So I took that conversation as, I don't think he really believes in me anymore. And I don't think he really, I think he likes what I do for the brand, but not enough to where he would put a name on my skate or just do more with me in terms of promotion, which is what I, honestly, that's all I really wanted was just to feel more a part of the team. And uh, it just never happened. And um, I just kind of was talking with people like, I mean, not just you, like, you know, you were talking earlier about, you know, telling me to quit razors. It was all my friends, like, my good buddy, Brandon, who films a lot of my stuff, he was like, dude, you need to get off this. You're wasting your time. Um, you know, friends out in San Diego are just like, you know, they're taking advantage of you. And um, I just couldn't see it for so many years. My girlfriend said it. My girlfriend's met Andy and was like, you need to, you need to get away from this guy. Like, um, I mean, my, then even my dad, my dad, that was the best one. My dad was like, this, this guy is taking advantage of you for so many years. Like, so I think once like my dad said it and my dad, like, you know, I know he doesn't know a lot about skating, but like my dad's, <laughs> my dad's a businessman. Like he's a, he's a, he's a big shot when it comes to that kind of stuff. So he saw right through it and he kind of like, was like, if you have another opportunity, take it because you can't just sit around and like, let people dictate your life. And that's kind of what I did. I just kind of, I just sat here one day and I was like, you know what? Everybody's right. Like I need to focus on my happiness and not continue to just think about razors and the brand. I need to like do what's right for me. And that's what I wound up doing. So um, it does beg the question because you told me about that meeting, you know, not that long after it happened and said that yeah. it, got, it got to a point where you were struggling to even get skates. Like you would ask for a pair of skates and they wouldn't come and you'd end up having to go down to the warehouse and stuff like that. And the whole time I was just thinking, but they turned you pro. It's not like anyone forced their hand. That was their decision. They chose yeah. to move you up in the ranks. And if they don't think you're pro material, that's fine. They're entitled to that opinion. 
but don't turn someone pro and then just leave them to hang in purgatory. Don't be like, and then if you have the audacity to say, how can I make this situation better or make myself more valuable to you? It kind of sounds like they're saying, well, we don't consider you to be valuable, but if they don't, why did they turn you pro? It's kind of the like age old question that I've never been able to answer because they decided this in 2016. Like, you know, my, my pro edit came out August, 2017. Um, but in 2016, at the end of the year, Jeff, I was, I, I'll never forget the day. Cause it was a great day for me. Like I was at Poway skate park and I met up with Jeff and he's like, Hey, I need to talk to you in the parking lot. And I was like freaking out. I was like, oh, they're going to let me get sacked here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what I thought. And he's like, hey, like we just decided like we want to turn you pro, you and Howie Bennett. And I'm like, okay, like what? Like I was like, you know, super shocked. And, you know, even at the time, like he said to me, like this does not guarantee you, you know, money. It doesn't guarantee you a pro skate. You know, you know, we're just, we want to go in a new direction and we want you guys to be like the at the front. So I'm like, you know, I was super hyped. And then, you know, a few months later, Garrett came. And then three months after that, it was Stefan. So like we built this, you know, this new pro squad. And it's like you said, it's so unfortunate. Like they didn't really nothing to push Howie. Um, literally, like I couldn't even like, I didn't, I don't even think I saw Howie after that edit that he dropped. I don't think yeah, I've seen after him. his, after the pro introduction thing, he's like, he had a couple. Tonight, of, I don't think he had a couple him. of clips, and Ian Walker had a thing, and he had. I think it was maybe last year or the year before, and he had like a couple of really tame, like nighttime clips, and I think they were in a skate park, and that was it. No mint one's... skate. The mint. I think Jeff sent him the mint SLs. I d- yeah, I don't even remember what it was, but literally that pro introduction came out, and then we never heard from him again. Yeah, and it was just it was sad because like I mean. Fuck, like I thought Howie was gonna be like if oh, there was anybody like incredible. on the razors, yeah. Like, well, I mean, not just like his skating, obviously skating, but his like just his marketing, like who he was, like the kind of skater oh, he yeah, was. Like, he was super marketable and like they they could have totally I, ran with that because he was yeah, like, yeah. He was like he he had all the kind of hallmarks of like a John Elliott yeah. or like a he was he had that kind of individual like lone kind of stranger protagonist thing going on that they could have totally marketed the shit out of that but they didn't and i remember the last time i'd spoke with him i was like has andy talked to you about a skate and he was like he was like yeah he's like i just told him i wanted it all black and then he didn't really hear anything after that so i don't know like if there was ever discussions about it but i was always really shocked because i after like all of us were like kind of turned pro i thought for sure how he was going to be the first one to get a skate because they were like all in with him they really had like developed him and you know and helped him really grow the brand and then it just kind of it was weird like everything just kind of went silent for a couple years like we started developing the shift and then the whole consensus around razors was like we we weren't doing pro products anymore yeah, you know, that wasn't a Andy thing. Andy did that interview in BMAG yeah. where he basically said, that's not going to happen, which I was like, that's got to be disheartening for people on the pro team because you think if you get bumped up to pro, that be- that suddenly becomes a possibility for you. 
And to be honest with you, I, I didn't really think about it for the longest time because I, I really like was more focused on just being a part of razors and helping develop the shift and like, you know, doing, you know, things that I thought, you know, could really help not only like, like the brand, but also just rollerblading as a whole, like in theory, like the shift was a really remarkable design. If it worked, like, I mean, the fact that you were able to like change out from your free skates to your aggressive skates that fast, if it would have worked how it was intended, that would have been a game changer. Like, I mean, going around cities and going spot to spot, like that would have been great. Unfortunately, when there were issues arisen with the skate, Andy really couldn't change the molds. And that really was a huge hinder on not only sales, but just like the overall impression of the product. You know, first it was the negatives now need um, two holes in them so that they the sole plates don't pop off. And then it was, yeah, it was kind of disturbing when you're seeing pro skaters yeah. ride them in videos and then the frame is flying Snapping off. off. Like yeah. I'm sure I've seen at least two separate videos where Corey's been skating and the frame has flew off his skate. I'm pretty sure there's one of Quinny as well in KM Project where it just disappears. Yeah. That's, that is awful, like, like awful aesthetics for the brand. And the, the thing for me that was, the worst was the toe box. They just, they made the toe area a bit too narrow and everyone, I, I mean, I think everyone who has skated the shift will attest like it's super narrow and it kind of like gives you this pain on like your outside of your foot. And um, unless you have super skinny feet, it's just like really, really, really painful. And I, I could, I could put them on for like 30 minutes and then I'd just get pain but I stuck through it for a while. Cause I was like, this is the only skate they want me to skate. You know, um, as Stefan alluded to in his podcast, like they were pushing the shift. That's what they wanted us to skate. And then over time, it just kind of like, it just got weird, man. Cause like they came out with the mint and I was like, okay, do you want me to do anything with the mint? No, we have Greg Preston doing a mint promo. And I'm like, Oh, okay, that that was kind of weird because I remember that, and Greg Preston started putting up clips, and I was like, "Razors haven't even mentioned you being on the team or being flow or be." And then he released Boltless Future, and I was like, "Well, this video is cool, and Greg Greg has got a good eye and makes interesting projects, but there's still been no clarification that you have anything to do with Razors, other than them putting that out." And I love so Greg. Strange. I love. I like. I like his skating. Like he's a great guy, amazing filmer. Um, I was just like, it was just a shock because I had no idea he was like skating for Razor. So then I I talked to him and he was like, yo, yeah, yeah. They're helping me out. He's like, let's work on something or whatever. And, you know, we would just talk back and forth and nothing really came out of it. And then I remember one day he like hit me up and was like, yo, does, does, does Andy like help you with your travels? Like he just asked me and I was like, Nah, not really. Like I've been kind of self-supporting myself the last like couple years. And he was like, he was just like upset. It seemed like he was just like upset that I said that. And it was like two weeks later, I think he was skating them skates or something like that. So I don't know if I influenced his decision or he was already on his way out, but yeah, that kind of whole thing happened with the SLs. And then, you know, they came out with the black SL and a bunch of other ones. And I just decided at that point, I was like, I'm going to go back to the SL because this is what I like to skate. And, you know, I don't want to skate this shift anymore. And they weren't really like pushing the shift. And, you know, so I went back to the SL 
and skating that for a while. And then it was so weird. I was in China. I got like flown out to some random event last year in China. And I'm there with like um, all the Russian guys, like Ilya Savison, Krilch Kochikov. Um, oh, I can't, I can't forget the other guy's name. I think it's Ivan. Oh man, I'm blanking right now. He's like a really good rider for Razors. Um, I think, yeah, I think and, I know what you mean. And Ivan they both. Car- Car- is he second in beginning a key? Ivan? No. Might be. Yeah. He's, he's really good park skater. He actually won the event I was at. Right. Um, but both him and I think Ilya had him too. Both had Krill skate and like Krill skated just kind of came out. And I was like, and he was like, why aren't you skating them? And I was like, oh, they, they won't give them to me. And he was like, what do you, he was like so confused. And I was like, yeah, like they, they only gave the Krills to, to their list. And the I list remember was, this. I remember, yeah. I remember several people have been like, oh man, bet you're looking forward to getting those skates. Like they look really cool and different for razors. And they were like, yeah, I'm not getting a set. Like I've been told I can't have them. And multiple people told me that. And I was like, what the fuck is the point in being on the team? <laughs> if you can't get the skates. I went to the warehouse and like when I got back from China and I was just talking to Jeff and I was like, oh, like what's up with these? Like, you know, could I skate them and make a little promo for Krill? Cause Krill's a good homie. Like I I've been friends with him since we were on a wheel company a while back. And I was like, I'd love to just like promote a skate. You know, he's a great guy. And he's like, Oh, well, you know, there's this list that he picked of people that get them. And it was like broom Henderson and Jeff Howard. And then it was like three people in Europe and it was like Quinny Dom. And I think, uh, what's the guy from Denmark? Super steezy dude. Oh my God. I'm no, not not uh oh, he always skates with he skates with Jonas. Oh my god, I'm blanking. He's so good. My, oh fuck. I have it on the tip of my tongue. Oh my god, I'm I'm such an idiot for forgetting his name. Jonas Hansen. Skates he skates with Jonas Hansen. Jonas, yeah, Jonas has made him like a bunch of edits. Um King Mots, but it's not Mots. Oh, I know you you mean like the stylish Seth Sled guy. Yeah, that ended yeah, I do know who you mean. Um no, the names escaped me as well. I'll find it. It's right here. <laughs> Got this dude's name because he's so good and I love his skating. He does all like, the spinning I... Seth slides and yeah. I, I remember. Of course I can't find it when I'm Malte Husted. Malte Husted. Malte Husted, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Malte, yeah. Malte is really sick. So, like, they gave him that skate, too. But I was just confused because it, like, didn't... It, like, didn't really make sense. And then I had spoken to Krill about it. And I was like, oh, like, yeah, I'm, like, bummed I didn't get him. And Krill was, like, confused. He didn't understand what was going on. So I don't know where that list thing came from i'm not sure if uh that's an andy generated thing or krill really did it seems a strange thing for the company to say that because since when is a pro skater in charge of who gets a skate and who doesn't when is that when has that ever been a thing like they don't call the shots like the company does so it's yeah i mean company to decide who gets the skates and 
what was weird, I mean, I'll give Razors the benefit of the doubt. They only made like 300 or 400 of them, very limited run. So I understand you have to limit your riders because, you know, you want to sell the skates. Totally understand that. However, I think like you have, you know, eight pros on the team. I think the best thing to do is have all the pro riders repping a fellow teammate's skate. I mean, that's like the best, like, like when, when my 50, 50 frame dropped, the best things I saw were like when Stefan and Yandrell and Matt Lyon and all those guys were skating my frame, you know, that was, and Scott, Scott Crawford, like that was incredible, you know, like that makes me more like more juice than, you know, just watching me skate them. So, you know, I, I think it's an honor to skate someone else's pro skate. And that's why I, when I offered to do the thing for Krill, I was like, yeah, I want to support the guy. Um, but they just didn't feel like that was valid or valuable anymore. And um, hey, What's even know, stranger about that is they didn't, they put out nothing for that. Like that, that skate came out, there was no pro skate promo. And then like six or it was, it was, it felt like months later, you saw Kirill just doing random like park Instagram clips on them. And it was like, we're, since when are we releasing pro, pro skates with no promo? It was definitely a super weird, you know, the whole thing was super weird. And, and then, you know, we get to like when I left and I found out that like Derek, no one really got Derek skate either. They just sold them to shops. Like no one, no one got the skates to skate except Derek. And I thought that was kind of weird as well. Cause like I would, if I was not still on razors, I would have wanted to support Derek, you know, like, cause yeah. he's, he's the man. So yeah, it was really, again, like it's a lot of, a lot of frustrating factors. And at the end of the day, like if I have an overall impression of, you know, what they're thinking, it's, they loved what I did for them in terms of promotion, but they didn't think I was cool enough or part of them enough to actually do something with me as a pro skater. And I wish Andy and Jeff would have been more forthcoming and more honest about that because I could have definitely adjusted things and, and, you know, it would have been better on both sides if they would have just been more upfront and honest with me about the situation. But, you know, it is what it is. And, you know, I, I left and I think both sides are now hopefully in a better place. Um, I see them pumping out tons of skates this year. Like they pumped out, I think five different skates. So good for them. Um, you know, and I'm happy with my situation. So, you know, there, there are a few things that just don't make sense that I wanted to ask you about because, and trust me, I do have other stuff to talk about other than razors, but there are a few things that I just think a lot of people will want to know as well. Out of the four people that he turned pro, so you, Howie Bennett, Derek Henderson, and Stefan Brando, three of you quit. Now that's that's kind of unheard of. Like, it's, it's kind of unheard Like every every new person they've turned pro has quit apart from Derek Henderson. That, that just screams problem. It, it's kind of, uh, it's not, and it's not just those guys. Like, I mean, those are definitely a big part of it, but like the people that I look up and like, I see as even more of an issue are the younger guys. Like, 
they had Raphael, they had Ren Fujiwara on razors. Like he, he they was had, awesome. Yeah. And I mean, they had so yeah. much potential. Like I would go when I, I went to Japan twice in the last three years, skated with him both times. And I remember talking with Kazu about this, like, like Ren is the future. And I was like, yes, like for sure. And like, I was pushing Ren and I was, you know, I made a little edit of me in Japan, gave him like a little mini part, like, Dude, it's Ren, the, the three Mizuta, true fish down the rail. Oh like, my God! So that many was people like think try. he's the future. Like so many yeah. people I speak to, list him as someone that they're excited to see more of. Kids like when he skates with someone like me or Soichiro, he doesn't get intimidated. Like he gets motivated. Like it motivates him. And I thought that was like super like rad because, you know, I can see that this guy has what it takes to like really be something in skating. And he just like, like at the end of it, like I, I talked to the dude who ran the distribution for razors in Japan. He was Ren just like never heard from any of them, like any nothing. And he wasn't really getting skates. Like he only got new skates because he flew himself to winter clash and then was able to get skates from Marco at, at the booth. So yeah, Super yeah, frustrating. It's, it's, it's kind of telling that so many people, not just yeah, not just at the pro level at your level, but I can, I, th I can list at least ten people in the last twelve months that are now either skating for other brands or just wearing other brand skates when they were associated with razors for years. And um, when when you turned pro, and like when I was there, were you given any? like instruction or guidance on what was expected of you or told what they wanted you to do? Or was there any difference in the conditions from being an amateur? Like, did you get, did you get anything different as a result of being pro? Cause you said there wasn't any pay. So I guess my question is what's the difference between being am for razors and being pro for razors? Hey Dave, David, I never was am for razors. They never turned me am. <laughs> so you were, you went from flow to pro. I, yeah. Yeah, because so because you were in the Razor's yeah. Am video, you were in you were in Children of the Yeah, Future. that's a whole nother. Yeah. So after that, I've, video, I've heard all the stories about that, but yeah, well. So I, I think you've heard like after that video, Razor's went in this direction of like they wanted five pros, five Ams. That was like the U.S. team. Right. I wasn't selected to be an Am. They told me that like they brought all of us out there. That was when they had the house and you know, and they were filming for the video and everything. And that was so-called, I was, I was told this by Sneaky because Sneaky was one of the guys who was turned pro from this was that it was a test to like, see if we could handle the lifestyle of being, you know, a pro skater. And when I asked Andy about like turning am, he just told me like, I didn't fit the mold and that like, I didn't really like, wasn't social enough when I was like brought out here which told me that like, he just wasn't happy with how I like, didn't really party and stuff like that, which I'm like, dude, I'm here to skate. Like, I'm not here to yeah, like, it's like, do you want me to be and, productive and get clips yeah. or do you want me to be drunk out my face? And yeah, that's, yeah. that's a strange thing to say. Oh, it was so weird. And because around that I, time, Julian, Julian got sacked for exactly like the opposite. Like they claimed that he partied too much and didn't skate enough. And that was the reason for getting rid of him. But even then he was like, I'm regularly I was on footage. that New York. I was on that New York tour with him and Julian Ju skated the whole time. Yeah. That's a, like, I've never like, I know Julian now, I, like I've met like, 
and he yeah. can his personality can turn people off but the one thing you can never say about him is he doesn't skate enough like he is very productive whole trip like we were in the same apartment like i mean yeah julian drank and did like his rap stuff and you know you know he does his you know his fun time for sure but like he skated every day like every day that i was there now i did miss two days of the tour but he was like when when i heard that mac told um andy that he didn't skate i was shocked because i'm like what like he skated now i did hear some stuff that like he didn't skate when he was living in california but Dude, every time I was out there, Julian skated every day I was with him. So I don't know where that came from. I really don't. Like, I don't know, like, if maybe Julian rubbed Mac the wrong way and Mac got upset. But that's what I think. Yeah, that's what I think. More of a personality clash. Yeah. But I mean, it was it was super strange, like that whole situation. But yeah, like, I mean, going back to that, what we were talking about, like the five pros, five ams, I wasn't selected to be an am. And I just kind of shrugged it off. I just said. I use that as motivation and I was like, yeah, screw this. Like, I'm like, I'm going to just like be better than this. And I kind of just kept like, you know, putting out content and then I got a new job and I moved out to California and then, yeah, it just kind of like happened. Like I just, then Jeff just approached me and was like, yeah, you know, we're going to turn you pro. So yeah, like nothing ever, they didn't tell me anything. Originally they were just going to like announce that me and Howie were pro and I was like, no, nah, that's, I don't want that. Like I want to make an edit. Like I want to make a proper section. So I took the time and took like seven months and made the section and I was hyped on it. Um, but that was even a weird situation because they didn't tell me when they were going to drop it. So I gave him the edit and like, he was like, Oh, BMAG wants to do an interview. And I was like, okay. So I did an interview with BMAG and then I'm in the middle of, Boshi Pope contest. I was in New York with just skating. And then the dude comes on the mic and he's like, yo, John Fromm's pro for razors. Like they, they had just had announced it like on, on, in the middle of like a contest on a Sunday afternoon. And like, right. no one told me. And then yeah. I go in and this is the thing that kind of upset me the most is I go into the YouTube and he didn't put any of the like credentials, like who filmed it, the song, like, the stuff the my homie who did all the titles like and i was just like damn like what the heck and like so i had to go in like luckily i still had access to the youtube i had to go in put all the intangibles and everything just so like the people that like put this all together like could get credit yeah they don't feel and, as if you're just mugging them uh, off basically yeah yeah i was a little frustrated with that because i'm like dude like it's not just me it's like a team helped me do this so uh that was definitely like a weird situation and and yeah like i never after that nothing was ever discussed like you know andy would be like you know if i wanted to go somewhere he'd like potentially give me a little bit of money he gave me like a hundred bucks when i went to hong kong um he gave me like he flew that's, me to mexico that's, that's not going to go very far like no, 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 no luckily my hong kong ticket was like 400 bucks but like you know, I just got to a point where I was like, I just am happy to get something, you know, something so I can go skate. Um, but yeah, it was nothing that was ever discussed. There was no like, hey, you need to do this or anything like that. So super strange. The whole thing that confused me about that situation when 
we were, you know, messaging back and forth is you were one of the most productive people on the team at that time. Like after Stefan had quit, he was putting out a lot of content, but after he'd left, it was you and Jeff Howard were releasing the most content because Curl hadn't had a section in years because he'd been hurt before. Like he'd had the one section in the groovy deed, but that like that came out shortly before the pro skate was announced. So they obviously already had it in production. Derek had had his pro introduction section and then that was it until he had the pro skate. So I think you, after getting announced pro, you got, I think you had like at least four full length sections. So at least one a year, more than one a year. And you had how many jet lag disciples did you guys do? Two, three, two? Two. South Africa. Right. So it's like you were it's not like you weren't giving them value for money, like you were you were putting in the work. Yeah, it was it was definitely like getting very frustrating. And um another like thing that came about from all that is I began to like leave you know, I left ground control, for example, like I wasn't ever really on ground control. That's a whole nother thing. And I can get into that a little bit too, is like when, so when I was like, I wasn't even pro yet. I was still like flow or whatever. I was in Michigan at that, not bitter cold, the other one, Motortown, they called it Motortown classic. Motortown classic. Yeah. Yeah. And I was with Keaton and Julian and Taylor Ritchie and uh, Buck and, you know, a couple other people. We all were like, just, we just hung out together for the weekend. And what was funny is like Razors like paid for a booth, but like didn't bring anything. They didn't do anything for the contest. So like Julian just like decided to take, he all this adapt stuff and he just like put it all on this table. And like people were coming up, like they bought a t-shirt off him, bought like some uh, some uh, other adapt things and it was like it was just so random and like and buck looks well, at him and he's goes, making like, the most of the situation <laughs> and buck comes up to him and goes damn java like like you just took like the razor's booth and like he just looks he goes yeah man that shit came full circle <laughs> <laughs> and it was just like wow what is going on here and that weekend like that was when keaton was like in charge of ground control and uh he like we were at the airport about to go home and he's like hey I, you know you know you've been doing a lot for gc i'd like you to make a a part you know for the watch list or whatever and i'm like okay cool so i made that you know for him and then couldn't get in contact with him he wouldn't respond to any messages like kind of went ghost and about like three weeks later this is like when i'm about to move to california he sends me a message that like GC isn't doing the watch list anymore. And like, you know, thanks for doing the edit, but we can't run this or whatever. Cause we're not doing this. And I was just like, what the heck? I was so mad at Keaton and I just went off on him. And unfortunately that's the last time I ever talked to Keaton. So I feel, I feel bad, but at the same time, like a lot of people have told me the same thing, like, you know, it was just, you know, Keaton wasn't in the best spot, unfortunately. But um, when I went and talked to Jeff and Andy about that, they just like just brushed it aside. They didn't really seem to care. They were like, oh, you know, ground control is Keaton's. It's not ours. 
So that was like a really frustrating thing. Um, and then, you know, fast forward now, two years after that, uh, Joe gets, you know, the, the ranks, you know, and he's like the new GC guy. So I hit him up and was like, Hey man, like, you know, you know, really hyped you're doing GC. Like, you know, Oh, you, you mean, want any help? You mean, you mean you Zank? Yeah, yo, right. I'm, I'm sorry. Right. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. I was like, I just, who the hell I is Joe? Joe. Right. Yeah, yeah, Zank, got you. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, and I was like, hey, you know, you know, if you need any content or whatever, you know, I'll just let me know. And he just sends me a message like, hey, thanks, John. He's like, actually, like, I don't have you on the GC list, so can't really like support you or like put any of your content on the IG. And I'm like okay, like, that's kind of weird. But like, I mean, I understand, like, I wasn't pro for GC. But like, you know, I thought I was like, at least flow or whatever. And yeah, you know, then I, I went and I talked to Jeff about it. And Jeff was just like, Yeah, like, you know, we have this list of people. It's always a list, David, always. There's, a list. there's always a list. And you're not always on, a yeah, list. You're never, I've never, never list. been on the list. <laughs> you're not getting into the club. <laughs> and uh, He's uh, he's like, yeah, we're going with this. And just to let you know, like, you know, Razor's Riders cannot get ground patrol stuff anymore unless you're on ground patrol. Um, we'll give you feather light frames, but that's it, you know, you know, when you need them. And I was just like, okay, like this is just getting, it's getting like the situation's just getting progressively like worse for me. And that's like how I started my relationship with 5050. I had been like talking on and off with law and he just offered to send me frames one day and I put them on and was like, wow, these are like, they're like ground controls, but better. Um, so, you know, then I moved forward with that, but that whole situation was like just another example of just the razors was always putting me in this circle. And that's kind of what I wanted to get to is that like, I feel like when they put us in a circle, they have more power because like they can kind of just deflect you know, like, oh, you know, we don't have a decision. You have to talk to to Joe about that. Oh, you know, we don't have to do that. You have to talk to Jeff about that. Oh, that's in Europe. You got to talk to Marco. And it seemed like that was always happening to me. And uh, I realized that like late this year. It's the first time I ever really realized it. So super strange. Yeah, just it, like I said, it just feels really bizarre that in the past 12 months, so many people on so many different levels have left the brand. Like, yeah, Quinny leaving to get another job, especially considering he wasn't just writing pro for them. He was also doing, you know, distribution in the UK. And I think he was managing Ritter. the team as well. Yeah. And yeah, so, yeah, just so many other people. Um, I also kind of wondered when... Derek got his pro skate if he ever actually got any royalties for it because after his pro skate came out, Greg Preston put a thing on Instagram thanking Derek and Matt from Intuition for paying for everything. So they bas he basically said that all the costs incurred for the promo, like travel, food, everything, was covered by Derek and Matt. And the whole time I'm just reading this thinking, this is insane. Like he's a pro for their company releasing a pro skate for their company and he's paying for the promotion he's paying he's paying the expenses that a brand should be paying paying for their product that makes no sense as, as far as i'm concerned from the people that i've spoken with i don't believe he got royalties um i don't think krill got royalties on his skate and i've heard that nils didn't get royalties on his frame 
I can't confirm these things. You'd have to talk to these guys individually and discuss that with them to get the full and honest answer. But that's what I had I'd heard is that they no royalties were given on those pro products. That just um, that's what makes it even it's crazy. Yeah. It's like here's your pro skate with your name on it that you're going to pay for someone to film and edit, and then we're going to take all the money. And even if they don't sell, like even if they don't make a lot of skates, like say 500 pairs of skates, if they made that, they sold out. A little bit of like. Uh, it's a little bit of Andy, like capitalizing on the fact that people are just so grateful. The fact that they're getting a product with their name on it, that they don't think about those kind of things in terms of like royalties and, and payouts and stuff like that. But it's also on the skater to, to realize like, Hey, this company is using my name. I need to like stand up for myself and go, Hey, like if you're going to use my name, I, I need some kind of monetary compensation or some kind of contract, you know, of what I'm getting out of this deal. Yeah. Because ot otherwise, it's a completely one sided situation where the skater gets nothing. If, if this was me in this situation nine months ago, I probably would have taken the same thing. I didn't really think about that until I got a pro frame and multiple pro wheels because. Red Eye and 5050 were the first brands that said, I, we need you to sign this royalties thing. Like this is, you know, we're going to pay you out based on this, this, this. And I never had seen that ever in skating. So like until that happened to me, I didn't even think about it. So again, it, it's, it's not just on Andy. It's also on the skaters to realize like their worth and their value and to stand up for themselves because I'm not saying that like, rollerblading deserves to pay you. Like I, I understand this is a very small industry at the end of the day, they're just plastic boots on our feet. Um, but know your worth, you know, if you're putting in the time you're putting in the effort, you know, you know, your value. I remember Bobby Spazoff saying that on, on one of his podcasts, he's like, knowing your worth is like one of the most invaluable assets you can have as a skater. And, and that dude understands his worth and his value. And you can see it in the, the decisions that he makes. So, I mean, for sure, like it's unfortunate that some of these guys have been taken advantage of. Like I said, I don't know the, the ins and outs of it, but you know, it, it comes down to like, I think more and more skaters on razors were realizing that like, Hey, like I'm more valuable than what, you know, these guys, I am really, I'm doing more than what I, you know, I should, they expect me to be doing. And, and, it's important that that happened because hopefully more skaters see that and they realize, okay, like I need to skate for brands that are going to support me or I'm going to like skate for myself and not, you know, worry about that situation. Like a lot of people have done. I, I definitely think it's one of these things that is very, very slowly moving forward in terms of blading. Like there's definitely more transparency and a lot of that is thanks to companies basically being honest about the royalties that they're giving out so you know certain wheel brands will be like oh we're definitely giving this person five bucks from every wheel or them skates being like this person is definitely getting this amount because at least that way when someone makes a purchase and that's that's the only way you can really vote in this system is with your wallet if you make a purchase and you know that that a certain percentage is going directly to that person it's guaranteed as opposed to other companies 
who will make you believe that you're supporting a pro skater by buying a certain product. But the skater might not benefit from that at all. The skater might get nothing. So hopefully what them and, you know, I've seen BHC do it and Red Eye Wheels and stuff like that and 50-50. Hopefully more brands see that and see that that's the way to win over customers because customers want to support their favorite riders. It's, I hope, I, I see it moving in the right direction now. And, and I hope that if a brand hasn't done that yet, I hope they take note and they do start to support their riders. And one of the things that I told uh, one of my buddies here in San Diego is I hope if there's one thing that I hope with razors that happens when I leave is that they begin to take care of their riders better. Like, I hope maybe this helps propel it. Like, I hope to like, dude, I, I really hope to see like a broom skate, another Jeff Howard skate, maybe even a Jared Banning skate one day. Like it's just, I want to see those things because like those guys have all put in countless years of effort. And like, they're also, they're all great guys. Like they all deserve, you know, the spotlight. So I just hope like, you know, I'm not trying to say this to be like a hero or anything. I'm just like saying that, like when I left, like I was, definitely like i remember texting banning i was like i just hope they they take care of you dude that's all i want you know and i can't sit back and just like do nothing anymore so you know moving forward moving forward indeed let's stop talking about razors because we've talked about it way too yeah, long way too much how did you get picked up by adapt because obviously your friends like you've got a like a relationship with Kevin and you've hung about with him before in Europe. So how did, how did you end up getting a pair of skates or getting on the team? What happened there? It starts with Russell actually, because Russell's like my, that, that one of my best friends. Well, yeah. yeah. So actually it started after the conversation with Andy. Um, I was just in a really bad mood and just bummed out. And he's just like, you need to try some good skates. <laughs> And I'm like, I'm like, what does that mean? He's like, he's like, I got these, I, he's like, I got this old pair of my pro skate that I didn't use much. He's like, he's like, I'm going to give you these. You're going to skate them. Like, I bet Peter would be down. And I'm just, I was like, yeah, okay, whatever, dude. Like, and you know, he, he brought him to the skate park and I, I set him up and dude, I'll be honest. I fucking hated them at first. <laughs> like they're weird. They, they're weird to like, get used to. If you don't, if, yeah, they're like intuition liners. If you don't, if you just expect to put them on and it to feel normal, you're in for a shock because they're unlike anything else in the market. So of course they're not going to feel normal. And because I think Russell's foot was like, you know, accustomed to it and everything, it was super weird. So I kind of kept skating them and I was figuring them out and but they just weren't working in terms of size. So it's funny, like two weeks later when we were at winter clash, Peter was one of those guys who came up to me and was like, Oh, so you're getting, are you the next razor skate? Like after Derek and like, you know, me and Buck look at each other and just started laughing. And, uh, and he's like, he just looks at me and just like, you know, with a Peter, you know, Peter's a man of very few words. The Peter's just like, should come skate some adapts. <laughs> and i'm like what like he's like he's like yeah this that could work you know he's, you and russell out very direct. in california yeah yeah he yeah and he doesn't give a like, shit about you know formalities he's he'll tell you exactly what's on his mind and I, I love that it's great like okay and i was like you know what like let me 
let me think about it and uh, you know i'll get back to you so after winter clash after powwow i finally like just was like you know what i'll reach out and i i reached out and like i wound up buying my first pair which was the Revales, the like the more flexible one um and i got those and they were great like i out of the box i could skate them and you know it worked and i skated them for about a month and then i decided like okay like this could definitely work for me and but they still like weren't amazing yet but then peter went through all the details with me and he's like okay you need to do this you need to do that and I wound up like i needed to be on the like the carbon based skate so then i got that pair and it was like night and day like now i feel like myself again like 100 i was able to do like everything and and you know we we made the decision and um yeah and you know i made that the introduction and then yeah it's been a great relationship ever since it's short we've only i've only been on like six months now but um yeah like you said peter's direct and to the point i love that about him there's no bullshit, you know and for someone like me who's 30 like i you know i don't want bullshit anymore so that's great there's there's definitely no bullshit up here and one of the things you will appreciate is you're a workhorse like you'll know that if he gives you a product you will do your best to promote it and he likes skaters that keep in contact like obviously he doesn't want to babysit you but he wants someone that's going to like keep him updated on like what you're doing or what you think of the products like he doesn't want someone that just says oh thanks for a pair of skates and then you know he doesn't he doesn't hear any feedback on that like he will he will take criticism he's always like tinkering like he's always just like you give me he'll show me ideas and stuff like that so it's awesome like to just see what kind of is you know cooking up in his brain and usually it's funny like i have to talk to olga to get like you know for example, like they're making skates for my girlfriend right now. And it's like, okay, when are those going to be made? I got to ask Olga this and not Peter. Cause Peter's like in the workshop, you know, he's doing, he's the idea man. So, and he's, <laughs> he's he always he's tells me. He's the worker elf and she does yeah, the admin. Right. And he's like, he's like, I hate social media. He's like, don't text me. He's like, just FaceTime me. It's better. And I'm like, all right, like, that's, that's fair. You know, so <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's worked out well. And, um, you know, that was the, basically that's like how it happened. And, uh, Russell also was a big proponent. Like, I just remember the day, like, it was like, I was skating for like two weeks and like Russell just texts me. He's like, dude, Peter wants you on the team. Like, he's like all about you. Like he, he likes you. And I'm just like, okay, <laughs> that's cool. Like, and so that was like, I wasn't used to that kind of stuff. Like I always was told no on razors. Well, not no, but just always told like, I, I never was just told like, Hey, that was awesome. Like I never got those responses. Like even with edits, like I would get pushback on edits sometimes and things like that. And it was just refreshing to just be valued, you know, and, you know, I appreciate everything they've done for me in these six months. It's been interesting because we can't really do what we want to do, but with everything going on, but I, we're still moving in a direction that's really, positive and i'm happy with that so what is like what's your position on the team are you going to join the pro team or has that been decided yet what's like what's peter said to you yeah i'm on i'm on the pro team like i 
I think some people are always confused about titles, but like Adapt only has Pro. It's just okay. us five. It's like me, Sam, Julian, Russell, and Adrian. So very simple, very like, you know, easy, which I like. So I guess the next logical question is, what do you have to do to get a pro skate with Adapt? Actually, it's already been discussed. Um, and that didn't like, take yeah, long. Get, yeah, I mean, he's like, <laughs> you'll get one. He's just like, you know, we. it's just timing. You know, obviously there's a couple people ahead of me and with Corona, it's hard for them to make the materials like to get, you know, a pro skate made because they usually do it differently from what the normal skates are. Um, and so like, you know, it's just going to be some time and, you know, I'm, I'm patient. I'm not, I'm not looking, I wasn't looking to join adapt to get a pro skate. Like that was not my intention. Um, my intention was I just wanted to be valued and join a brand that like wanted to push rollerblading in the right way. And I feel like that's the move I made. Um, you know, I, I'm 30 year, you know, I'm 30 now. And like, I don't, if I'm going to be working towards a pro skate and it seems kind of silly in a way, if like, that's my only motivation. Um, yeah. Just listen. I remember listening to Mason's podcast. He was like, Oh, if you're, you know, over 30 and, and trying to be something in skating, Mason, Mason wants you, he wants you to quit already. You're done. Yeah. That's here. cool. No, I mean, but honestly, like I, I, I took it a weird way at first, but then I realized kind of what he was saying. It's like, he's talking about the people that like, will just jump ship to just get a pro product. And I'm, yeah. I'm not doing that. Like, I don't like if, if adapt doesn't want to give me a skate, I'm not upset. Like I love the skates and I like the direction that they're taking skating, not just with aggressive skating, with free skating too. And so that, you know, works well for me and and i'm really you know happy with the situation i have so all i ever wanted was just to be valued and just you know appreciated for the work that i put in and that's what i've gotten so um yeah it's it's super positive and i actually just got new skates yesterday so i saw that was, Instagram, yeah what, what did you just get skate them in a little bit uh some brutales um i can't show them yet because i haven't Right, I got to okay. make sure that I got to make sure that Peter is okay with it. He hasn't responded to me yet. Right. They're not like a prototype or anything. They're just a different color, but I just want to make sure that it's okay to show them. <laughs> so. um, their skates are like bomb proof. I had a pair and yeah, the only reason I got rid of them is because I broke my hip on them and I just decided the skates were cursed because after, after you go through something like that, you can't, you can't skate that that skate again it's jinxed so i yeah. just i had to get rid of it and that was the only reason but other than that i was I, I thought i was destroying those things and the soul plate after you grind it in a little bit just lasts forever and slides like hell and the boots just didn't seem to damage so if they're sending you a pair of skates every six months like you can basically just give away the old pair and they'll feel like brand new to someone else <laughs> they'll be like cool skates for life that i did the the introduction to adapt on like that pair is still in good shape it's just that that pair was a slightly too big for me um and that's one thing just kind of like learning over time is like the the sizing on adapt is a little different so like i had to figure that out on my on my own and um so like now i got like a half size smaller so now i have like the true size to my foot so it's, I think it's going to be even better for me. So I'm, I'm really excited and it's crazy. Like out here in San Diego, we have about like 15 people that skate adapts 
And I mean, some of these people have been on adapts for like years and they will not skate any other skate. And like you said, like, like one of my friends, he's had the same boot for like four years and he just gets new sole plates and new frames and stuff. And he loves them. So yeah, it's the soul, awesome. The sole plate, soul plates are incredible. That's one of the things I miss yeah. the most about. They just slide really fast. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you're living in San Diego now. Who, who are you skating with out there? Like who's your crew? Now it's uh, mainly like Hay- Hayden Ball, uh, Steve Steinmetz, um, my buddy Dave Sago. Uh, he's like another East Coast transplant. Um, and then Russell, but Russell lately I haven't been skating with because he just had a, a little guy, a little one. So, All right, he's um, not a kid, no way. Yeah, yeah. So he's been a little busy with that. But I actually, I did skate with him once a uh, two days ago, just for like a little session, just to give him a break from the, from the little guy. So he's doing good. So that's like mainly the four people. Um, I've also been meeting up with Dave Payne a bunch. That is um, so random. Yeah. That is very yeah. random. And, uh, me and Dave have been working on a little project. Um, that won't be out till next year. Um, but yeah, he's become like a good friend of mine. We, we've been hanging out a lot and it's been super rad because like it's kind of like childhood dreams yeah, coming like, true it's so great like yeah any kid that grew up watching vgs that's got to be an insane experience when the guy that made them is like hey do you want to go filming that's that must be a surreal yeah experience um dave is like if if i can describe him in like a couple words he's the most positive filmer i've ever worked with like it's like he's he will not give up on a trick. Like I'll like, for example, I was trying this trick, this like up ledge. I was trying to do a trick of it. And I just couldn't, I, it took me like 80 tries. Every try he was with me. Like, you got it. You got it. Like, he ne- like, you know, sometimes filmers are just like, all right, <laughs> probably should just move on. I'm you losing know? my mind here. Please. Yeah. Yeah. And Dave, the whole time focused, like, get it, get it. You got it. Do this. You got it. And, to me, that's a huge deal because like it it makes you more motivated to go out and film because you just wanna you you have that vibe, you know, and and Dave's just amazing at it. And I can see like now why he's worked so well with so many different skaters throughout the years, because like he just has that positive mindset. Like he knows what you're capable of. Like he knows that you can do like anything you want and like he's just there to support it. So it's pretty cool. That yeah it's it is pretty cool that he's got back into it because obviously he had other commitments for many years um can is it going to be a full length or is it just going is it basically is going to involve other skaters or is it just going to be you other skaters like he's not just filming me that's for sure and and it's it's going to be like a full project like i i can't comment on like exactly how it's going to be because i have no idea but it it's a it's a full length thing like it's right. definitely he's not cutting any corners like it's going to be full on vg style <laughs> I, I won't pester you any more than that then. um <laughs> is, is there any future plans with adapt like have they got any projects coming on that you're working on or or has everything been put on hold because of yeah lockdown and coronavirus generally my my pro intro was supposed to be filmed in amsterdam and that never happened. So I still have like a $600 voucher on Delta. So whenever I can travel, I can go back there. Um, so yeah, I want to film something with Cabin. Like 
even if it's just an edit now, you know, like just to film something. Cause, um, Kevin has developed like that style and technique for adapt. It's just like, it fits that mold. And I just want to make something, you know, with that style, because like me filming on my own, like, yeah, I can mold it to fit the adapt style, but it's better when Kevin is filming everything. So yeah, yeah as soon as I'm able yeah, to go, they've got an aesthetic that they're going for now. Right. So as soon as um, I'm able to go to Europe, but that's like the first place I'm going to go to is we're trying to do like an Amsterdam thing and then maybe even go to Zurich and skate with, with deck. So, you know, it just, it just depends like on, you know, the world right now. It's positive um, though. It's something to look forward to knowing that the brand has plans for you and they're like, yeah, we're going to get you this flight. We're going to get you out here. We want you to, because it kind of sounds like for years you didn't have that like plan or motivation or incentive. Yeah. And uh, in terms of like red eye, we're, we're going to drop a new line. Um, we're going to drop like a little holiday line. And then next year we have a whole new line about to come out with a new rider. I won't say who, but new rider. Well, you need someone to replace. Uh, oh God, I've forgotten his name. Steven left. Steven? Yeah. left to Oh God, your your mic does this annoying thing. If I talk, it cuts out yours. Can you hear me? I, I think I don't think it's your your earphones. I think it's when I speak, it cuts out your your mic. Right? Who who left? The White Wolf. Ah, right. Yeah. I wasn't thinking of him. I was thinking of. Um, Uh, Chad Hornish. Not on the team, actually. All right. He because... was like, yeah, he he was getting wheels from us. He was trying them out, um, but he didn't like them, he told us, which fair enough, you know, everyone's got, you know, he wanted to skate something he liked. And so that's cool. Right. You know, he just did. He just wasn't a fan. So, you know, I was bummed. I would have loved to have Chad. He's fucking amazing. He's he such is, a six skater. Really yeah. And but he's yeah, like, I saw, up and I saw he was on Conjure now, and I was like, oh, right, guess it's not working out with, right, okay. It's, he liked those wheels better, and that's totally understandable. I would be the same way. You want to skate something you like to skate. You don't want to skate a product that you're having issues with, and then you're trying to promote this product, and it's not working. So, yeah, totally understand why he, why he chose Conjure. Um, so there's a new line coming and you're not going to tell me who the next pro writer is that's going to get announced. That's what you're telling me. You're... We're, we're, we're 90, we're like, nah, not 90. I'd say like 70% sure that he's, he's on board. We're just, we're working out details right now, but. That's, you know, that's the equivalent of going onto Facebook and being like, I'm so annoyed right now. And like your status or like saying some of that and then like saying, but don't, don't DM me, DM me. Don't like, yeah, that's, it's, oh. it's true. I probably Buck's probably gonna be mad that I said something, but whatever. I think it's good. I think it's good to like promote the brand a little bit. So, um, uh, but yeah, like we got a we got for holiday we have like a new profiled wheel, so that'll be cool. Um, that should be out in like a few weeks. We'll we'll show that. Um, and then fifty fifty, we're working on uh, some new stuff for next year. I can't explain in detail, but we got some new stuff. 
50-50 are they're developing a stacked team. You, Brando, Yandriel. Like Yandriel is I, I think he's got the potential to to go somewhere, yeah. To represent, dude. He's so got sick. a he's got an interesting aesthetic. I like it. He's got like the kind of crazy like, aesthetic. Funny when I was like coming up in Florida, he'd like meet up at sessions, and he'd be that guy that would just try like anything. Like he, like would try to true top pour in this like gnarly drop rail and just like eat so much shit, and then just like bounce up and be like, "I'm good, guys." Like, and <laughs> so it's so it's so sick to see him like develop now into like an amazing skater like his style's so good and like his trick selection like it's just you can tell like in the last two years like he's just really elevated his skating and it's super sick to see yeah i've seen older sections of him and then compared to his new stuff i'm like i even told him during his interview i was like you're so much cleaner now i was like you used to do hard tricks but they were all over the place i was like now it's tidy as hell so yeah yeah uh, it's good to see good to see him coming up and yeah like we're we're doing a lot and like law is just super supportive and like he he has like a 3d printer now so like he'll make little renders and send it to us and like we'll be like oh we can fix this and it's just really cool because we can do stuff in like real time now instead of like going to a factory and being like hey we want to do this modification and then it takes four weeks to get the modification we can actually look at a modification do it in real time and then figure out what we want to make and then send it to the factory. So uh, some cool things coming from them for sure. That is fair. Yeah, he, he does seem as if he's like putting in a lot of effort when it comes to blading because he's obviously doing stuff with Compass, 50-50, Chroma, and it feels like he's trying his best to be like a positive influence in the industry, which is cool. He's Jess is still involved. Like I shot a bunch of stuff with Jess for my, my frame and that was another amazing thing. Like not just shooting with Dave. Like I had a day, I'm not kidding you. It was me skating, just here and forth, taking photos and Dave Payne filming me. I was like, I like was sitting there and just about to like do a trick. And I'm just like, holy shit. Like, yeah. this is like everything I've ever wanted. Like, is this 1998? Yeah. You, you yeah. Feel, you'd yeah. feel like you're in, I don't know, like the England pro team or something. You're like, this is, this is insane. And, the, <laughs> and those guys are like, they are 100% professionals. Like, I mean, I'm not kidding you. My skate, when my skates were, when I finally tightened them up, Jess would be ready to take the photo. And Dave was like ready to shoot. Like, right, like no questions asked. He's like, okay, like, let's do it. <laughs> Plus I so, suppose, yeah, they're like adults with responsibilities as well. So they're like, let's do this. There's no, there's no messing around today. We're here to take care of business. Um, we, we, we got shit to do. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it sounds like you've got quite a few things coming up. Uh, yeah. Any other any other projects you're working on that you can let us know about? You've got to have more stuff coming for Adapt because you're always filming. You um don't lie to me. I I'm willing to bet that you've <laughs> already mean, started I, working I, a new section. I'm I'm working on like something small with them right now, but yeah. um in term in terms of filming though, like my next project that will drop is like my promo for Red Eye just for my my wheel. Right. Um, we all try to do promos for all of our wheels. Um, it's kind of weird because I don't know how the promo is going to help sales because the wheels are already sold out, but, <laughs> <laughs> but Hey, but it's like kind of, it's like a contractual agreement. We all have, you know, we have to do a promo for our wheel in order to get, it's like we get a percentage of our royalties once like we get 
some of it up front and then we get the rest of it on the back end once we finish the promo which is really good it's incentive based so it yeah it keeps us working and like keeps us motivated and things like that so i want to you know not just for red eye but also so i can get the back end of my royalties <laughs> that seems fair and yeah at least it's a situation that benefits both parties because they're like well we got we got our promo so you get your money yeah that makes sense um that's right you know even if the promo comes out after the wheel sold it, it it's better late than never expect them to sell out in two weeks luckily that was because of coronavirus because everyone just started buying yeah products like we we dropped the new wheels line and like it sold out like so fast like we couldn't even keep up with demand like we've even had issues with the manufacturer they just can't keep up with our demand right now so uh, it's great but also you know super frustrating because you want to get more product out it has um, but, it's been an insane year in that person who, who would have known that coronavirus would actually have you know benefited the rollerblading industry i don't think anyone could predict that awesome um i have got nothing else to ask you and we have been doing this for an hour and a half now so if you get anything else you want to say before we wrap this up thanks for doing this like it was awesome talking with you uh i hope everyone enjoys the the listen and stay safe everybody mask up and you know hopefully like we can all see each other very soon hopefully yeah. uh I Win really winter hope class so. 2022 yeah, that's going to be, if that happens, it's going to be insanity. It's going to be like a family gonna, reunion. People are going to be gonna crying. That's going to be like the most raging party ever is Winter Clash 2022. Yeah. So, cool. Well, until then, can't wait to see these new projects that you're working on and uh, Pro Skate in 20, 2022, yeah? Winter Clash 2022 will announce the John From Pro Skate for that. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> right. Have a good day. Cool. Speak Thanks, soon. Dave. Have a good one, man. Yep. Take Me care, too. man. Bye.